we get to be here today. Welcome to those who are tuning in on live stream. We don't want to forget about you guys. You guys are just a part of this as everyone else to you in the vehicles and to your pretty faces that I see today. Thank you for coming. We're excited that you're here. So we're going to continue to walk through John together. The topic today is light because the text says the topic today is light. So we're going to walk through the text and uh, treat the text with integrity and honor and let the text speak to us today. We're going to see light today, maybe not through the lens of what you would think about uh, a flashlight, but we're going to see light today through the lens of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he continues to do in our lives. So before we jump in, let's laugh together because this message might make some of us feel a little uncomfortable, okay? During a Sunday school lesson, I haven't done these in a while, you know, they're really corny, but it's funny. A child learned about how God created human beings. The child became especially focused when the teacher explained how Eve was created from Adam's ribs. Later in the week, the boy's mother saw him lying down on the floor, so she asked him, what's wrong? His reply was priceless. Mom, I have a pain in my side. I think I'm getting a wife. <laughs> oh, that's precious. All right, so if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, 12 through 20. It should be on the screen there. If you don't have your Bibles, we also have the um, outline and the bulletin on paper and also on version, if you'd prefer to use that as well. Verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is true because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. And if I do judge, my judgment is true because it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Then they asked him, where's your father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple, but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Truth number one, Jesus masterfully coincided a kingdom truth with his modern context. Jesus was a perfect orator. He was one that could communicate a truth in any situation he was in, no matter where he was. John chapter 8, verse 12 says, I'm the light of the world, Jesus says. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness of life. We see two very important subjects in this verse, light and darkness. Naturally, it's a contrast. In this world, using basic logic as our foundation, we come to the conclusion that there are millions of contrasts here on earth. Think about it. When you think of empty, there must be a full, hard and soft, horizontal and vertical, up and down. The same is true for light and darkness. If there is light, then there has to be darkness. So I, I, what I want to do today is I want to... I'm just going to give you the objective right up front, and then we're going to unpack this together because I want you to see the deep recesses of darkness because this is what happens. 
in our little Christian world. We don't want to talk about the really dark things. We don't want to think about them. We don't want to discuss them because, well, it's just not really something good for table talk, right? So have you ever heard of the dark web? And this is going to be child-friendly, by the way. Have you ever heard of the dark web? Anybody? News, you know, heard about it. It's been around for quite some time. Did you know that you can search the dark web and your internet provider have no idea what you're doing? Did you know anybody can do it from a phone, a computer? See, the way you do that is really simple. All you got to do is download a specific web browser and a certain VPN, and you can search whatever you want, wherever you want, and nobody would know. Unless, of course, Homeland Security gets into it, then they will be able to find it out. Friends, this is darkness. See, since Satan don't like for this to be brought to light, I will bring it to light because this plays a massive part in child trafficking. This particular industry is fueled by the legal picture industry. You guys get the drift when I say picture industry, don't you? Children are abducted and placed so deep in the dark they are rarely found. Children borders anyone under adult age. Now, I want us to understand this because this is something that we don't like talking about in church, even if 80% of men struggle with it. Paul don't talk about that in church. This is church. How dare you talk about something so crazy and dark? Well, friends, there's a contrast in this world between light and dark. And in order to expose darkness, it needs to be brought to light. See, they make more than $30 billion a year, by the way, the picture industry. That was in 2015, by the way. It's 2021. And this doesn't count the illegal money going around. You can bet it's in the hundreds of billions now. Now, look, if, if you think this stuff doesn't happen right here in this community, please don't be so ignorant to the darkness this world is in. Look at these statistics. I'm going to bore you with the little numbers just because I want to set the scene for us, Okay. Um, these statistics come from the Barner Group in 2016. 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about picture with their friends. Only 54% of picture users believe picture acts that may be forced or painful are always wrong. Only 44% of picture users believe someone being depicted in a demeaning way is always wrong. That's insane. Just 55% of adults 25 and and older believe picture is wrong. Teens and young adults aged 13 through 24 believe that not recycling is worse than viewing picture. About half, 54% of daily picture users say picture featuring teens is wrong. 54%. You want to talk about the depraved nature of our world right now? That's the deep recesses of darkness that we see today. But you see, we really don't see it right because we don't have to. We go, oh, you know what? I, I know that thing's there, but I'm, I'm just going to like do this. I'm going to be in my own little Christian circle in my Christian bubble. I'm like, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I, I know that's going on, but I really don't want to know about that. I just want my little li- nice little world right here where it's comfortable. I know, I know these things are destroying my kids and my grandchildren. I, I, I know these things are grasping for their attention, but you know what? I'm not really going to focus on it because I want to be comfortable in my own Christian bubble. 
I want to be comfortable where I feel good. Young parents today, we have our work cut out for us like no generation ever before. We have to not only fight for where our children go or who they see, but what they see with their thumb. That's a hard fight. My goodness, it has gotten so easy. It's scary. I mean, as a parent, I know my parents, my parents' generation, I guess, that would probably be the generation that didn't truly understand this industry as much, as easy as it is to get on your phones and things like that. So it, it was, I guess it was easier for my generation to kind of, you know, do those things without having many consequences. But we have a fight on our hands as Christians, and we need to have a Christian response. This contrast between dark and light. I want you to know something today. This is the future of our society. Honestly and unfortunately, it is our society. Let's hit home right where we are. The biggest struggle for teenage boys is pitcher. Don't factor out girls. Those numbers are growing. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pitcher websites. Now that statistical data is from like a group of, you know, 30,000 in one year. That doesn't pertain to everyone, but this is just a group of people that Barna has investigated and sent out a survey to. 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view picture on a regular basis. It's infiltrated the pulpit. It's infiltrated the God-given right that men have to lead their family. This stuff is an epidemic. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't expose it, if we don't have a Christian response to it, how in the world are we going to be the church to fight it? We need to be aware of these things. And this should not be something that we keep and hold on to. This should be something that's an honest discussion in our homes. It has to be. Of young Christian adults, 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively search for picture. 87% of Christian women have watched picture. Now, I know this was long. I know that was just a lot of numbers you're trying to digest there. Um, but th this is dangerous and it's scary, especially if you have kids or a spouse struggling. Now, this is the help and the hope. See, there are programs. I've helped many teens and adults through this dark addiction. And I've seen many recover. If you or you know someone struggling with this, it is not, this is not a game. Get them help. I'm willing to talk to you or them. There are other people willing to help you. This is something that you have to deal with because it affects every fabric of your being. It rips you apart from God. It tears your marriage apart. It's dangerous. Picture will destroy you. It will desensitize you. It will ruin your relationships. Most importantly, it will tear you apart from God. But here's the hope. <laughs> See, we know someone who holds the key to the only light that can penetrate the darkest of dark. His name is Ego e Me. I am the light. Jesus, that's right. That's right. I am that I am. If you remember that Ego e Me there that we talked about in the first I am statement as we started walking through John, it literally means I am, I am. So I am, I am the light of the world. Truth number two, 
Jesus demolishes the darkness. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you've watched. Jesus has the power to save. Jesus has the power to transform. Jesus has the power to clean your conscience and your acts. Jesus is the light. Oh, and he's such a sweet, precious light. You see, you know what's happened in America? We've been free for so long, we forget what persecution's like. What our early church fathers went through during the Puritan era, how they were martyred for their faith and how they were murdered and killed because they believed in Jesus. We've been free for so long, we forgot what it's like to be persecuted. We forgot what it's like to be threatened because we believe in Jesus. Now, we can argue there's some persecution going on in America today, but I I, I would just submit to you um, that going to court is not necessarily persecution like it was then. At this time, people literally feared for their lives and their children's lives and their families' lives. We are grateful that we're free, but we can't forget what it's like. We cannot forget when we have to be willing We have to be willing to go to the stake. Now, some of you may be thinking, this isn't me. I don't have anything to worry about. You're just as guilty. Think about it. Think about it with me. Come come with me. Come with me. You're just as guilty. You, You are the child of the king, and you should be willing to reach down into the recesses of darkness, just like Jesus did, to rip people out of the darkness and bring them to light. Can I get an amen? Somebody? Y'all all right? Truth number three, God testifies about Jesus. I love the authority of Jesus here. He was blamed, your testimony is not valid because during this time, the Jewish law and custom was that you needed two or more witnesses in order for a testimony to be valid, to be considered true. So they're blaming him. They're trying to pin Jesus against the wall again. And Jesus says this, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. Because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. Verse 16. And if I do judge, my judgment is true. Because it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. There's that Christology there. There's that connection Jesus is making between him and God. How they are one. That's important. John is filled with those. Now, if you remember, the Pharisees have a sharp memory. Because Jesus supplied them a string of witnesses in chapter 5, but they seem to have forgotten about that. Doesn't that happen in our life? Jesus does something miraculous or his providence is just mind-blowing and then the next year we totally forget about it and just go about our business. (laughs) And then Jesus is like, hey, uh, you know, do you remember when I did this for you? Do you remember how I provided for you? Do you remember how I was faithful to you? Imagine that bold claim that Jesus made. Now, these words would have stung the authorities. I mean, it would have hurt because the authorities were these religious astute men, you know, where people would travel all over the land to come hear them speak because they were such good communicators. And people were in awe of their vocabulary. People were in awe of how well they can speak and how well they um, basically looked at the law and communicated the law to those in the audience. Truth number four, God and Jesus judge righteously. And in verses 16 through 20, 
Jesus says, and if I do judge, my judgment is true. In verse 17, he says, even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. So Jesus is saying, I got two witnesses, me and God. We're good. We're good according to the law. Did you catch that? Listen to this. Jesus is God. Jesus has equal power as God. Jesus can judge just like God. Jesus is an equal witness with God about himself. Jesus is God. Listen, there's a lot of belief out there right now, a lot of false just doctrine that separate Jesus from God as if he's not fully man and fully God. He, he has to be both. And in order for the, the sacrifice to be complete, in order for, for scripture to be fulfilled, doctrine is important. Jesus embodies God. God embodies Jesus both physically and spiritually. I had um, the pleasure of speaking with one of my, my cousins um, last couple of days. I won't say his name because I don't have permission from, from his mom, but he, he accepted Christ and uh, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, Chet, what do you think Jesus looked like? I said, well, buddy, to be honest, I think he was probably one of the ugliest men on earth at that time. And he lost it. You know, he's like 9, 10. He just started laughing. He's like, how dare you say that? You know, that Jesus is ugly. He had a kick out of that. Well, the reason that I, I say Jesus is ugly is because Isaiah said it. He's ugly and despised. 100% man and 100% God. God in the most humblest of forms came to earth. We accept this through faith because it's in the text. It's in the text. See, what's marvelous here is that John puts the religious leaders on trial. The religious leaders are on trial all through John. They tried to pin Jesus with the law. Jesus threw it back at him and said, I'm justified. There's a testimony, two witnesses. How many of you guys remember being in school and getting in trouble because one of your little so-called friends tattletailed on you and you had to go see the principal? You know, and the principal, without, you know, giving much thought to it, just said, you know what, we're just going to discipline you because one person said that you did wrong. Anybody been there? Is it only me? Anybody else get in trouble in school? Two of us. Man, y'all are, y'all are good. <laughs> y'all are good. Y'all made y'all principals and y'all administrators and y'all parents so happy. <laughs> Uh, there, there's, there's something in having two witnesses because if you just have one, they can be fabricating the story. But if you have another witness, it kind of validates what that one witness is saying, right? So there's some logic to this aspect of the scripture. But Jesus says God is his witness and he spoke with authority. We are, we are confronted today and we are comforted today. We are confronted knowing we don't have what it takes to follow Christ, but we are comforted knowing that we have the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? When I wake up on Sunday mornings, first of all, I'm about as nervous as, you know, you can get on Sunday mornings. And it takes forever for 10 o'clock to get here until it finally does. But I'm always, I'm always confronted with the fact that I have to stand before you and, and communicate the Bible, communicate this text to you. And, and I'm also confronted with the fact that I know so many of you are going, are going, there's so many other things going through your mind that 
it's, it's going to be hard for you to sit here for, you know, 25, 30 minutes and listen to everything I say. So I'm constantly thinking about that, you know, during the week of how I can pre- prepare this message for you to get the truths in the scripture. And, and, but at the end, every time I start worrying about that, I'm comforted because it's the Holy Spirit in your life. When I present this word to you, it's up to you to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. And as I encourage you as your pastor and lift you up and, and just try to point you to the scripture over and over and over again, it's my hope and my prayer that you would read it, but not just read it, meditate upon it, digest it, let it sit deep inside of you so that it can transform you. Friends, God's word is the hinge of our life. It has to be. It's what opens and closes us, right? It's the thing that makes us move. It, it's, it's what gives us instruction. It's what comforts us. What a marvelous gift from God. Because of holy, we can live in the light of Jesus in the dark recesses of this world. And not only can we live, we can reach down deep into it and pull people out of the recesses. You know, a, a lot of, when I first came here, I can see, I can see some of your faces, how y'all were like, well, we going online or, you know, y'all, y'all always want to be online or do something online, right? Um, church online, what is that? And, uh, and then the pandemic hit and then I kind of realized the seriousness of what I've been trying to do. <laughs> um, there's been times where I post something on YouTube and this person in Nigeria or this person in Pennsylvania will message me. Well, maybe they'll call me names, but sometimes they'll say things like, hey, what do you mean by this? Or, hey, I was encouraged by this. One guy emailed me when I posted a suicide video and said, thank you so much for that video. I was about to take my life. Now, if we're not willing to get on the internet, if we're not willing to to stick our hands deep into the recesses of the darkness, we're not gonna find anybody. But we have to take the action to go. And I can't do it by myself. I need your help. We need to do this together. It's not just, oh, let the pastor handle that. No, 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 no. That's why we're doing this testimony initiative. And I'll continue to do this testimony initiative as long as I'm in this pulpit until you run me out. All right? I love y'all. Y'all know I pick with you. I love you, right? Y'all know that. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I joke like that. And maybe it's coming across wrong. Because there's like this... South Louisiana and Virginia divide sometimes with the communication thing. But I really do love you, and I'm really joking. Um, You know, that's why I continue to push this testimony initiative, because your story of how Jesus has transformed your life will, in fact, touch somebody. There's no doubt in my mind. See, you have relationships in your life that I'll never have with those people. So when they hear your story and they have a connection with you, it's powerful. They see the light when they live in darkness. We can be the contrast of darkness, the light. This is my invitation to you today. I beg you and urge you as parents and grandparents to take the matter of darkness in this world of utmost seriousness. We are living in a culture that is constantly trying to take our children, our grandchildren, even us, away from our focus on God. It's happening day in and day out. It's on social media. It's on satellite TV. It's on magazines. It's at school. 
It's with cousins. It's with friends. This constant pull. Culture's trying to constantly pull us away. Satan's saying, hey, you know what? Don't look at that. Look at this. I got something in the, in the temporal. I got something right here that you can focus on and be happy with and love and adore. Don't worry about God. He's a distant thing. Don't worry about Jesus. He's a distant thing. But what we need to say is, number one, Scripture tells us Satan has no dominion over us. We're a child of God. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus, and Jesus has defeated Saint, Satan. You know, I hear it all the time when I talk to people. They'll say things like, um, you know, well, Satan did this or Satan did that. Don't give him credit. Stop giving Satan credit. He has no credit here. His credit's been bought with the blood of Jesus. He's gone pecan, as we say in South Louisiana. Be confident in your salvation. If you're not confident in your salvation, talk to somebody. Please, I beg you, listen to me. Salvation is about obedience just as much as it is about belief. Is there belief in your life and obedience? If you just have obedience and not belief, you're not saved, friends. Hear me out. We have watered down the gospel so much, Jesus has made it very clear that you have to follow him. Following someone takes action. You can't just make a mental decision and think you're good. No, no, no. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the great name of Jesus, Lord, that this invitation to come to you, this invitation to believe and obey, this invitation to darkness as a just 